Welcome to the Suzanne Venker Show, where you hear hard-hitting truths the culture hides. Find out more at SuzanneVenker.com. This program is brought to you by Hair Saloon for Men, for men against the grain. Visit HairSaloon.com. So before I get to my main guest today, I have with me the man who is making this all possible, whose name is Tom Twellman, and he's the owner of Hair Saloon for Men and is my major sponsor, my, my exclusive sponsor for this program. And I wanted to, um, he's actually going to be coming in uh, periodically and uh, doing occasional interviews to talk about the kinds of things that um, he's, he, he and his company is interested in and how it meshes with, with my mission. So that's what he's here for today. Welcome, Tom. Thank you, Suzanne. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming in. So tell everybody about – so Hair Saloon for Men is um, very unique in that it's got a mission outside of just hair cutting. So I'm going to let you talk about that mission. Okay. Um, well, we started in 1997, and in our industry, uh, the mail was sort of forgotten. Um, the barbershops were closing, and the industry thought that unisex salons was the answer to that. And that couldn't be further from the truth as far as I'm concerned. So when I was stuck going to those type of uh, unisex environments, uh, and I, there had to be a better way. So that's where the hair saloon started. And I tried to address all the pet peeves that <laughs> I had in going to the unisex places um, where you're just it's like a cattle call. You're sitting up against the window, and there's no you know idea who you're going to get to cut your hair. You don't know what you're going to look like walking out. So um, – from an industry standpoint, that's what we tried to address. But on a bigger picture, to you know, to tie in with, you, with what you're trying to do, Suzanne, and and by the way, congratulations on on uh, embarking on this radio uh, effort. Thank and, you. And the resulting podcast. You, I mean, you got a chance to reach a, a much bigger audience and and uh, get your thoughts and ideas out there. So thank you. I'm very we're, excited. We're encouraged by that and and uh, happy to support that. But. Um, as I was saying, you know, we address the industry problems with the male, with the male <laughs> clientele. But bigger than that is the overall cultural thing that's going on in terms of, you know, first of all, you know, I think today's man needs to needs to stand up to the responsibilities as a husband or a father and and uh, live up to the responsibilities. And um, but then besides that. The man is being attacked, mm -hmm. you know, by... Mm -hmm. uh, and that's how you first came across me, right, with my with the War on Men? Is absolutely. That? I, I saw something. Uh, I think it was the War on Men. And and uh, when I heard you were from St. Louis, I go, yeah, you got to be kidding me. So <laughs> so I called you, that's and a, you, you agreed to yeah. meet, and we met right away. And, yeah. and uh, you know, it was like we've known each other for a long time because we think alike. And yeah. the same issues that we see affecting society today we're we've been talking about it for years and uh i think it's you know the, the fact that you're a woman and uh in the fact we're here saloon for men i think is is the irony of that i think is is tremendous and well you're right it is important because i do think and i've always said that men um, are are um, at a loss, I think, with what's going on with gender relations. Because my argument has always been that women drive that boat, that they're the relationship navigators, and pretty much what they determine is the thing to do with respect to all of these issues, sex, dating, marriage, family. 
men pretty much go along with. You know, they have no choice, really, because they're not given the same um, weight, attention, value as women are in today's culture. And, and then we also are dealing with the fact that women are prone to please the woman that they love and they want her to be happy. And so we're up against biology there with respect to um, with with respect to male and female relations. So that's kind of what my that piece, that war on men piece that I wrote was really about that. And that was in 2012. And um, that that's really what I prior to that time, I'd been writing about parenting mostly, but that really spun me in the direction of gender relations, because, you know, the gender war, as you know, has just been raging really ever since then. That's six years ago, seven years ago now. Right. right. It's just getting bigger and bigger by the day. It's not going away. Yeah. And, and the breakdown of the family. The breakdown I mean, of the family. Yeah. Men and women are different, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and we each, you know, my wife plays a role in our family and I play a role. And, and uh, if you take one of those rolls away things fall apart it collapses and that's really at the core of my mission or it has been all along with my work is that the whole issue with feminism and fighting for so-called equality the problem with that is that in order to believe in that you have to you, you you have to automatically think that one of those roles that we were just talking about is lesser than. So if you don't think that from the get-go, why the heck would you need a movement to change it? Because you think it's pretty powerful just the way it is. So that's what I'm trying to get people to understand is that you've basically been had in terms of this idea of gender equality. We are different. We are equal but different. And the movement towards so-called gender equality is really a movement towards sameness or interchangeability. That's really what we're up against. And you have to, we have to fight back against that to prove that if you want to be successful, at least in love, at least with your relationship and marriage and relationships, you have to embrace our differences. If you shoot for equality, you're going to fail. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you can express it much better than I can, but um, just just so you know and, our, and your listeners know, you know, I have eight kids. My wife and I raise eight kids, and and uh, they're all married. And uh, we have thirty-two grandchildren. So um, <laughs> unbelievable. Somehow it worked I, out, and you know, I, I give most of the credit to my wife because of the role she played and keeping me on the straight and narrow. And, and I think you deserve a plug for that, Tom. So tell everybody how they can find you. Sure. Well, like I said, we've been around since '97. So um, here in St. Louis, we have sixteen locations. Um, and we're starting to expand outside of the St. Louis market. We've got uh, stores going up in Boston, Pittsburgh, and Houston as we speak. So we're, we're very excited about what the future holds for us because I think we're filling a void um, in American life that has as much to do with the restoration of men as it does with the business of haircutting. So we don't, we don't blast that out all the time. I, I, I'm very happy to be able to talk about it here, and, and maybe we're going to you know, try to make it more of a an, an issue in our stores and, and to our customers and our and our and our employees. So, um, you know, HairSaloon.com is the website. Um, you know, we've got fifty or sixty thousand men in St. Louis that frequent our saloon. So, um, I think that speaks well for, for the concept that we created, and um, we're we're excited to keep growing. Excellent. Well, I'm excited to keep pumping it up. Thanks, Tom. Joining me today is Gia Valenti. Gia is the founder of Learn with Moxie, a curriculum that offers programs to get kids out of our screen-addicted world and back to the practice of simply talking. 
As a speech pathologist, 25-year professional thespian, and sales executive, Gia knows the importance of strong communication skills. As a mother, she has seen firsthand the negative influence technology and social media can have on the real-life connections our children are making and is committed to combating the effects technology has on our youth. Welcome, Gia. Thank you for having me, Suzanne. <laughs> I paused there because I was going to say, although I'm going to let you say it, that Gia is not um, a stranger to this radio station. Gia has her own program called Moxie Minutes with Gia that um, you can hear every Saturday at 10 a.m. 10 a.m., yeah. yeah. Just two hours before you. I know. It's like a twofer. It is. It's awesome. And to get us both in the same room can be kind of scary because the thing, good, good for sh- a good thing for sure, but scary because we have a lot of energy together. Um, but Gia's focus is, her, her show is pretty much all things parenting, and she has a special focus on technology and how that's harming our youth. And my focus is marriage and family and relationships and sex and dating and all that. So actually, if you lump them together, right. they, they really fall under a larger umbrella and, and work well together. Yes. And one of the things I wanted to open with by talking about is what I, what I see as this overarching theme in your work and what I get from you very clearly that from the moment I met you, which was why it was such a match for the two of us, is that you are very countercultural. I am. And two, yes. and two things that I read on, on one of your sites, and we're going to get to what that's the sites are in a minute, is that it's okay to go against the grain. It's okay to be countercultural. Many people who make big waves and stir it up aren't always agreed with. <laughs> Stick to your guns, go with your gut, and fight the fight. Yes, ma'am. And wow, do I love that, because that is the story of my life Absolutely, and my yeah. work. It's exactly what you do. Yep, it is. So you want to talk a little bit more about um, um, Moxie Minutes at all before I... Well, before we go to break, I believe that you just had um, Tom Twelman, right? Oh, Twelman, yes. Twelman, yep. from Hair Saloon for Men. We did. And, you know, as we were crossing paths in the studio, we were talking about how, you know, he said, oh, you're the cell phone girl, right? And, um, you know, we were talking about how as clients coming in, they had to put a sign up and enforce a rule in the hair saloon that basically says, hey, folks, we're trying to cut your hair. Uh, please don't take any phone calls. And also check out for 20 minutes that you're here and just relax and don't be face down in a device. So I'd like to applaud you for that policy because we need more of that. Um, and, you know, I think it's fantastic. And it's going to take businesses and restaurants and and waiting rooms to subscribe to that way of thinking. So Thank you. Excellent. Could not agree more. And um, that's one of the reasons I think Tom wanted to come in when he saw that your what your subject was, because it really does mesh so much with, with his mission. So we'll come back in just a minute and get into it with Gia. Are you unhappily single? Does your marriage or relationship feel hard? I get a lot of emails from readers who are struggling in their marriage or relationship. Unfortunately, the help an individual or couple needs can rarely be answered in a series of emails. For this reason, I offer relationship coaching for those who are struggling to find love and for couples whose marriage or relationship feels stuck in a negative cycle. Go to SuzanneBanker.com and sign up today for a coaching session with me and learn the tools you need to find love and sustain it. It's so much easier than you think. That's SuzanneBanker.com. Welcome back to The Suzanne Venker Show, where you hear hard-hitting truths the culture hides. Find out more at SuzanneVenker.com. This program is brought to you by Hair Saloon for Men. For men against the grain, visit HairSaloon.com. 
We're back today with Gia Valenti, and we're talking about countercultural parenting and Gia's mission to get kids out of our screen-addicted world and back into the practice of good old-fashioned communication. And I wanted to begin with Gia telling her story about how she initially got into this, you know, made this her mission, because it's a fascinating story that I think a lot of you will relate to. So, Gia? Well, you know, there were really three specific experiences that brought me to the Learn with Moxie curriculum that I that I ended up writing. But in terms of my parenting with my, my child, my children, I have two, um, I, what you're referring to is the story of my son. I have an eight-year-old son who two years ago and three years ago, you know, at age five and six, my husband and I did what many parents have been doing, which is, oh, isn't this cool? We have iPads now, and on these iPads are all these educational apps, which is super awesome because they're learning things. Um, we're not teaching them, by the way. An app is. Um, so they're engaged and occupied, and we have all this spare time, and we have all this time to talk to each other, and we can be adults, and I can get more accomplished around the house, and you can get more accomplished around the house because the kids are being completely quiet and occupied. So I think that's what many people start started to feel and experience. What I started to see rather quickly was... Anytime the iPad would run out of battery, anytime we would have to transition from, you know, iPad time to it's time to go to the grocery store, whatever it was, my son could not handle it. It was a complete meltdown. It was rageful. It was violent. It was, you know, my sweet boy. He's a sweet, sweet boy. Never did I see any of this in his personality. I only saw it with the technology. And it really freaked me out, really freaked me out fast. And it occurred to me that I have a child who is addicted to a drug, and he it is, it's toxic to him, and I can't have this continue. And I did what a lot of people would suggest. Well, you know, maybe you should limit it. Maybe you should set the, the, the timer, um, you know, give him it for 30 minutes instead of four hours or two, two hours instead of, you know, four hours, whatever it may be. And what I discovered was there was no amount of limited time that would prevent the outbursts. And it was in that moment that I had to make a decision. It's either going to be the iPad and fighting, or it's going to be I'm in charge and I've got to take control of the health and wellness of my child. And if one child can't have it, the other one can't have it. So I took cold turkey, all electronics from both of my children, and I watched my son go through a three-day detox, a withdrawal, um, and I've never looked back. It's the best thing that I did for, I shouldn't say I, because my husband is on my team as well. I'm just that I'm, I'm the primary caregiver in the home, right. um, completely on my team. And we, cold turkey, have took it away, have never looked back. And I'm telling you, our children are better for it in so many ways I can't. Of course they are. That's totally. just, of course. I mean, that's such, it's such an obvious solution that so many people, unfortunately, are going to struggle to do. And we're going to come back to that in a minute. But I want to know how you got from that to the book, because you also have a book that you've written since that time that you started the, after you wrote the curriculum, I think, for Learn with Moxie. Right. So I, I, 
the book, the intention of the book was I wanted to share our personal experience in somewhat of a fictitious way. There are things in the book that are very accurate about our personal experience, but the characters, their ages, there are some things that have been changed. But I had heard from many people that I was not alone in how my son would respond to this oh, definitely this, mm-hmm. this toxicity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wrote it to show people that there's another way um, that you can say no. You can take this away and your kids are not going to shrivel up in a ball and die. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They will survive. Mm-hmm. They will be better for it. There are other options. There are other things you can do. And I wanted it to be a book that not only children could relate to the characters, Melvin and Moxie, because the book is called The Magnificent Melvin and Moxie, but that the parents could say, holy cow, that is exactly what goes on in our house. And this is what you guys did as parents. This is what you did. This is how your children responded so that it could be a tool for everyone. That was the purpose of, of the book. Um, and then what what was happening with Why Learn with Moxie was created is I have spent a lot of time with middle school age children, not only in my neighborhood, but also at the school that my children attend because I volunteer and do things with regard to theater and, and anyway. Those interactions that I'm having with these 6th, 7th, and 8th grade kids who cannot look me in the eye, who cannot carry on a conversation, who cannot talk, even talk to me without having it in their hand. Like, it has to be Mm -hmm. in their hand, Mm -hmm. on their person Mm -hmm. at all times. Their right hand is not available for a handshake. Mm -hmm. Their their eyes are not looking into mine, Mm -hmm. and we're not dialoguing. Mm And that freaked me out and panicked me just as much mm-hmm. as seeing how my son was reacting to not having you know Absolutely. technology. I'm going, we are walking around in a zombie culture oh. and I realize that we are moving into a world of more and more technology in the workforce and we're talking artificial intelligence and all that, but I'm telling you, we are going to still have to communicate in the world verbally. That is not going to go away. No question. We're also going to have to ver- verbally communicate in our personal lives. I mean, in order to date and to get married, at some point we're going to have to converse. I don't think we're going to be saying our vows at the altar through texting. At well, least I hope not. It's, it's very damaging to dating, and we can get into that in the next segment if you like. But, but you know, we so sadly... Or perhaps fortunately, because of someone like me who can identify that there's an issue. And so I've created some fun mm-hmm. exercises and activities that can be implemented into the school environment. We are now what used to be soft skills. We are now having to teach our children how to talk, which is a very basic skill. Mm-hmm. Unless, of course, you have, you know, um, you know, uh, um, inabilities to do that. Right. Through, you know, maybe you have a, um, a condition where you aren't verbal. Mm-hmm. OK, so I'm not I'm mm-hmm. excluding that. Sure. I'm sure. talking the technology hijacking our children from having a conversation and doing it well, whether it's casual or formal. So we have to make this a focus. And it used to be a soft skill in schools. It was just and one the of people those- who do. And there are there are plenty of people who there's not a lot. It's not the norm. But there are families who function more like yours. And those people, those kids are going to come out way ahead of the kids, the majority of the kids that aren't. So they're going to get the better jobs. They're going to get, uh, they're going to be more successful in their relationships. So basically, you're going to be outnumbered if you don't get on board with 
this whole hence the name learn Learn. with moxie yeah how did that come because moxie by definition is grit and nerve and determined and just that thing how did you think you know when you say someone has moxie yeah well i you know what i really don't i just have always liked the word yeah and i thought you know that's what these yeah. kids are going to be missing. They're not going to have moxie. They're just going to be all the same, kind of glazed over, Robot, robotic. robotic. Yeah. And yeah. they're not going to have that dynamic thing that makes them different. But you know whose kids are? Mine are. Because I'm going to make darn sure I'm going to work my hardest on giving them at least the opportunity to have moxie. Now, whether they take it and run with it or do, but, sure. but I'm it's gonna, about setting the stage. Set, it's setting the stage, and, essentially. And I think and when, when we come back, we're going to talk more about that because I want to focus in a broader sense on what I'm calling countercultural parenting, which is essentially what we're talking about it because what you're, the, the, um, the mission that you're on requires that a parent be able to withstand um, being different Mm-hmm. from what most people around them are doing. And that There's, is a whole nother, um, well, certainly another conversation, but a much bigger idea or concept than even the one you're putting forth with the technology. Yeah, because it's not just, I'm not just saying um, no to my children. I'm saying no to a lot of things coming at me. I'm saying no to when I get a text on my phone from one of my children's friends, it's coming from their device. So, oh, oh, you, you know, it's yeah. so like a, a, they'll have an iPad or a cell phone, and they'll they'll want to text to talk to Trudy, which is great because oh, it's, it comes through you, it, it goes through you. Well, is my that, kids don't have devices, right, right. so where is it? Gonna ask you, so, so they're reaching out to me, and then at that point, I get to decide if I want to oh. share that with my daughter or let her respond or not. So, you know, it's... Now, it's what do you, uh, well, we don't have too much time, and maybe we can talk about this when we get back, but I want to ask your opinion about you can get those phones, the flip phones that are just strictly a phone, so that as they get older, would you allow them to have a phone that they can just, like the old days, talk. like you and I did, talk yes. on the phone for hours, especially yes. your girl, your my, daughter. My um, children will have flip phones, yeah. and yeah. they will dial to let me know that practice has ended early. They will dial to let me yeah. know that they... Yes. Great. I want to talk to you about that. We need to take a, a quick break, but when we come back, I want to get into that more with Gia. Do you ever wonder what happened to courtship and find yourself longing to go out on a real date? Do you ask yourself why some marriages last and others fall apart? Is your marriage struggling despite your best efforts to keep it together? Women who win at love don't have a gift you don't have. What makes them unique is that they aren't at war with the men in their lives. Rather than take a competitive approach to relationships, as the culture teaches, they accept that men are men and that women are women. And that makes all the difference. Whether you're single and mapping out your life, or you're divorced or unhappily married, women who win at love will permanently alter the way you view men in marriage. You will learn the eight dating rules that lead to marriage, why super successful women struggle in love, what men want and what women want, hint, they're not the same, why love alone is not a reason to get married, how to avoid the green grass syndrome, and why acting like a man lands women in a ditch. Women Who Win at Love is an in-depth examination of modern dating and marriage and a wake-up call for women at every stage of life. So go to Amazon.com and type in Women Who Win at Love and get ready for your life to change. Welcome back. 
back to The Suzanne Venker Show, where you hear hard-hitting truths the culture hides. Find out more at SuzanneVenker.com. This program is brought to you by Hair Saloon for Men. For men against the grain, visit HairSaloon.com. Hair Saloon isn't just a place to get a haircut. It's an honorable rebellion against the feminization of the American male. Men and women are different, and that's a good thing. So get out of your wife's salon and head on over to Hair Saloon, where the TVs are always tuned in to sports and never to Oprah. HairSaloon.com. They have 18 locations in St. Louis, Pittsburgh, Boston, and Houston. Book online or through their mobile app. Again, that's HairSaloon.com. We're talking today with Gia Valenti about countercultural parenting or and specifically about living in a tech-free or tech-limited household, which is her specialty. But in a broader sense, we're really talking about raising one's children in a way that's very different. It's different from the way the culture is doing it, whatever the norm is. And, of course, the norm with technology is a given. We know what that is. So that's where Gia comes in. Um, but this topic really of, of teach of parenting differently is, is a is a bigger one because it's certainly something that I relate to personally, having done it myself, not so much with the tech thing because my kids are a lot older than Gia's and we didn't have tech when our kids were her age. The kids of the age right. of her kids. Right. Yeah. Um but it's you know, it's just been known in our house that we do things differently. So that's one of the reasons why Gia um you know you know, I have so much in common. <laughs> and one of the things I was thinking about when we were talking before the break was that she talked about her kids getting a flip phone when they're older that just just allows them to make phone calls, although not have access to the Internet. <laughs> and I was telling her that um, Gia is the only person that I still get phone calls from. <laughs> I mean, literally, I don't communicate with anybody via the telephone. It's all texting. Well, except for my family, my immediate family sometimes. Right. But not people from the outside world. The outside so world. when the phone rings, I know it's Gia. <laughs> so that's and sometimes a, you might even get a phone call from me from my wait, landline. Oh, you still have a oh, landline. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh. Wow, you are wow. That's wow, I thought I was countercultural. That's that's big time. Yeah. Um yeah, so so I just wanted to talk a little bit about how this broader concept of countercultural parenting has affected your life and like why you are able to, you know, think for yourself, do your own thing, and where that comes from. Is that something from your family and you know your family well, of origin or or what? I think that cer- certainly being raised by um, my mother and father, my my mother always was uh, a communicator, and somehow instilled self-worth and value in me just that um you know i i don't I, I don't know i'm blessed that i had that that wired in me or the parenting of my mother but i've always been able to go against the grain you know just because the other kids are going to drink at the party doesn't mean you need to drink mm-hmm. at the party it also mm-hmm. probably didn't hurt that i was in an, uh, an environment where i had an alcoholic father so i was turned oh, off right, by that but right, right. Another show. Um, but, you know, I, I just have always had this thing in me that says, you know, just because they're doing it doesn't mean I have to do it. And that's how I feel about this situation with my children is I saw the problem and I had to do something extreme. OK. And I realized that for the general population, they there are plenty of families that they can have limits and their kids abide by them and they are not seeing any effects that it's having on them. And that's wonderful. I, I think it's fantastic. Uh, but I had to do something extreme. Mm-hmm. I can't give my son just a little bit of heroin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he can't just have a little bit of heroin and be OK. Mm-hmm. That's what it was for him. And so I had to completely remove it for his health and wellness and for the, the sake of our family. And 
I know at some point you want to talk about the boredom factor, yeah. because what I've done is I have not given them something where they don't have to think for themselves or come up with things to do. They are left to be bored and they have to figure out something else to do. It's so important. It's such a major skill that you'll even need as an adult. It really I mean, is. throughout your life. Well, and as adults, we won't allow ourselves to be bored. I know. We can't yeah. just sit right. in a waiting room and be within our own thoughts and stare at the four walls mm-hmm. until it's time to see the physician. Mm-hmm. We have to constantly keep ourselves entertained by looking at someone else's Facebook page mm-hmm. or someone's Instagram or, you know, an article on Yahoo, whatever it is. It's just we cannot just be alone in our thoughts, calm and quiet. And it's also it completely takes away any resourcefulness. I mean, the, no. the resourcefulness is a huge skill that you can only learn if you're forced to climb your way out of a moment of downtime. Absolutely. That's where the resourcefulness comes from. Yep. And some of the greatest creative minds um, built what they built on that downtime. Yes. And that's literally gone. Yes. Literally gone for both adults and kids alike. So I do understand that and feel very strongly about that. I do want to point out that your your mission for living in a tech, either a tech-free or a tech-limited home, let's say, does require, however, a parent's presence. And that's really important to talk about, I think, alongside your well, you, you know, know the rest. I'm not saying that my the babysitter or a nanny is is not is uh, going to purposefully not um, enforce my rules and policies, but as a mother where that thing that's in me, I birthed these mm-hmm. beings there's nothing more important on this earth to me than my children. No one is going to take the job no of making sure that they are healthy and well more seriously than me. So with regard to my son, it took me as a mother being home, making sure that any time he would beg or ask, I would have to mm-hmm. go through the explanation again. Buddy, it's not that I'm wanting to punish you. It's that I love you. I'm your mom. Mm-hmm. This is this is just something that has a hold on you, honey, and it's not good for you. And he'd ask me 10 minutes later, please. So I did have to be there enforcing and explaining and wrapping him with loving arms. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, we need to take a break. We're going to come back to that in just one minute. Thank you. The Suzanne Venker Show, where you hear hard-hitting truths the culture hides. Find out more at SuzanneVenker.com. This program is brought to you by Hair Saloon for Men. For men against the grain, visit HairSaloon.com. One of the best things about Hair Saloon for Men is its custom line of personal care products. Shampoos, conditioners, styling, and shave products that keep you looking your best. You simply have to experience the tingling sensation and cool menthol of the conditioner. It's the perfect finish to a perfect haircut. So head on over to thehairsaloon.com. They have 18 locations in St. Louis, Pittsburgh, Boston, and Houston. Book online or through their mobile app. Again, that's hairsaloon.com. So we're back talking today with Gia Valenti about countercultural parenting and Gia's mission to get kids out of our screen-addicted world and back to the practice of good old-fashioned communication. And we were talking about the significance of boredom and downtime and how that's really when great things are born. You know, uh, um, when you're constantly fed, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, Not just entertainment, but just stimulation. Stimulation. That's the word I want. Stimulation. How are you ever going to feel settled and be able to um, think deeply 
about things if you don't give yourself the space to do that. That's that's one thing. We yeah, were talking yeah. more about actions, but also just the thought process and thinking and um, being with with just ourselves and our thoughts is just so critical. Well, you know, it's funny, again, getting back to, you know, Tom with the hair salon for men. It, it occurred to me recently because, hey, ladies, I like to get my mani-pedis, okay? And I like to sit there and get my massage and all that. But it occurred to me not too long ago that here is someone working on me. They're they're taking care of me. This is the service industry. They're pampering me. They're They're taking care of me. Yes, I am paying for it, but it's still... A reciprocal a relationship of I believe reciprocation. Um, they are taking care of me, and then I in turn take care of them. Whether that's through a tip monetarily, but I also believe that I owe the person working on me my attention, um, at least an exchange of conversation. And I've been observing lately, and it just didn't really hit me until about a week ago that while these people are rubbing our feet and painting our nails and we're too busy looking at the phone, not to mention when they want to file your fingers or do something, you're busy texting. And it's just, it's just disrespectful to yeah. me that we are not showing our gratitude and our appreciation for people because we're too busy looking in our, in our phones. And I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think I'm, I'm, I'm intent, I'm in, um, purposeful and mindful mm-hmm. of my body language and my behavior when I'm in those situations. So I'm kind of urging and, you folks out there to think about, you know, this is not, again, this is modeling for my children. I want you to see what I'm doing the, and how disrespectful you, it is to not engage with somebody like that. I, I've noticed that actually in the grocery store, just going up to the grocery store and how sad they sometimes look, the, the checkers, because nobody talks to them anymore. Right. It's just... I mean, it, it really is a huge issue of people having their heads down all the time. Mm-hmm. And if they are up, it's only up for a second. You know, yeah. it's 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 so it's that engagement with other human beings. So on a larger scale, outside of just the kid thing, I mean, it's important to start your kids when they're young. That's what we're talking about. But even as adults, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a it's it's changed our world. It's so, changed our world. So getting back to countercultural parenting. Yeah. Um, We are in such a fog now, folks, like no one is paying attention anymore to even stop long enough to teach your children how to be, which is something that we were raised with. People taught our parents taught us to when you meet Mr. Smith, you should shake Mm -hmm. shake hands with him and say, nice to meet you, Mr. Mm -hmm. Smith, or to open a door for somebody and hold the door or to just be mindful and present and aware. That was just a given. Right now we have to slow down long enough to make sure that we're teaching, because we're moving fast, guys. We are moving fast and furious. And so it, it is very countercultural to stop long enough to think about what I have to teach my children. And thank God I don't have this thing in the way. It would be that much harder. If my kid was walking through schnooks with oh, their right. face yeah. in a phone, mm-hmm. and I'm having to tell them, you know, this, I'm competing with that thing. Oh, absolutely. It's so much and, easier for me to teach my children what they need to know without having to compete with that thing. Unquestionably. And that's why things like the dining, we, we've talked about this with Tom Twelman as well, the, you know, the eating, eating dinner tonight is every night as a family. Now this is, this is just a given in my house and there's friends that I have who certainly do this, but I'm, I'm convinced now that it's, that it's just simply not the norm anymore. No. And so if you're not sitting – and then if you are sitting down, if you do not have a hard and fast rule about no phones at the table, I mean, it's to the point where how is any of that going to change if you do not have those as hard and fast rules as the parent? There's just no other way to combat this 
than to take the reins and say, this is how we're going to live. And it may feel like old-fashioned to you, but it's actually normal. It's normal. This isn't normal. Correct. And I had a, a parent ask me the other day if I'm worried about my children having friends. Are you worried about if your kids are going to have friends or if they're going to be included? And if you want to know the truth, um, as a parent who loves my children very much, my heart would be broken if my kids had no friends. Of course. What a horrible thing to, to think that my kids may not have friends. But guess what, guys? I cannot let that be my reason for no. crumbling and handing my children something that I think could be potentially lethal when it's not something that they're ready for. Right. It is worth I would rather take the risk that there will be some parents out there who will urge their children to still be kind yes. and include my children. I'm willing to wager that versus um, giving them the keys to the kingdom where they have access to anything at any time, texting while driving, you know, being cyber bullied, having a predator find them. And it just it's I would, I would rather take that chance. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have to stop for a quick break and we'll be right back to talk for a few more minutes with Gia. You're a man that respects quality over quantity. You value relationships that can stand the test of time. You enjoy convenience without sacrificing comfort. At Hair Saloon for Men, we get it. We're restoring the time-honored tradition of delivering a haircut experience men across all generations can depend on. Because sometimes the man everyone depends on needs a place of his own to depend on. The experience goes well beyond the haircut. With every perfect haircut service, you receive a complimentary beverage, a relaxing shampoo, a hot towel and mint for the perfect finish, and remember to take advantage of the complimentary shoe shines. While today's world is filled with numerous clip joints and fancy salons, Hair Saloon is building something better, something different. Book appointments online 24-7, and walk-ins are always welcome. Hair Saloon, for men against the grain. Visit hairsaloon.com to find a saloon in your neighborhood or for franchising opportunities. That's hairsaloon.com. Welcome back to The Suzanne Venker Show, where you hear hard-hitting truths the culture hides. Find out more at SuzanneVenker.com. This program is brought to you by Hair Saloon for Men. For men against the grain, visit HairSaloon.com. And we're talking today with Gia Valenti about countercultural parenting and Gia's mission to teach kids good old-fashioned communication rather than um, have them be addicted to their screens. But really, in a broader sense, we're talking about parenting differently than your the way your um, friends might be parenting their children and how, what that's like to go against the grain. And there was a great story that Gia told me about her daughter wanting to um, dye her hair that I thought she could share. You know, the most recent thing is my 10-year-old, some of the girls in her class are using this wash-out hair dye, okay? And, you know, it's a benign thing. It's not really a big deal. I mean, it's in there temporarily. They're going to wash it out and call it a day. But it's just fundamentally... Maybe it's because I'm the daughter of a hairdresser and I was never allowed to touch my hair. But I just said, you're 10 years old. You have beautiful, dark hair. Not to mention it is dark. So it's very hard to color dark hair. You can bleach dark hair, but you cannot really color it. Um, 
it just is not something I'm okay with. I don't want you to do it. Um, and just because your friends are doing it doesn't mean, and I'm sure it's frustrating to you because you would like to be like your friends, but I just, it's my rule, it's my house, and you're not dyeing your hair. And I also told her in about three weeks, this is going to be old news. Like, it might be the thing right now that everyone's all excited about and everyone's doing it, but give it about three weeks to a month, and this is like an old hat. It doesn't mean anything anymore, and they've moved on to something else. But already, so the cell phone is just one example, but there are many things that just, I am not always going to go with what the flow is and the culture. I'm just, I'm not going to do it. And I'm sorry to my kids, but that's just the that's, way it is, you know. Is. <laughs> and they'll cope. They'll learn. Um, but in a few years, her um, one thing that I think you're way ahead of the game on, well, I know you are, is that your daughter in particular will not be um, involved with social media and dealing with all of the stuff that her contemporaries are going to. And I refer to your daughter because... I think girls, girls are much bigger mm-hmm. into social media than men, than men than boys are. Boys are more into the games. Gaming. Yeah, so you're going to be able to skip that uh, entirely, which is wonderful for her. She's going to struggle with it a little bit, I would assume, as a teenage teenager. But I don't know, maybe not. Uh, but either way, it's it's all good for her. <laughs> she well, just doesn't know it. Maybe <laughs> I think there's a mentality out there. And listen, I know that there are people. Um, I, not that I've necessarily seen it, but I know there are people who roll their eyes at me because they think you're a ridiculous lady, you're an extremist. Get with the times. These, this is what kids are doing nowadays. You know, I feel terrible for your kids. Their teenagers are going to be the pits because you're just a fuddy duddy and you don't. But let me just tell you something. I firmly believe, and I, I just know it happens because the cell phone is, is is not the only thing in life where this has happened. But it's kind of an until it happens to you thing. Um, and I'm sorry, I've said this on other radio interviews before. I'm sorry to say it, but my kid would never do that. My kid thinks a lot of themselves. My kid is confident. My kid does great in school. My kid is an athlete and a leader and popular. Um, my kid uh, follows the rules. And you know that those people have at times had to say, I can't believe this happened to me. I can't believe this happened to my kid. And so you know, it's not that I don't think that my kids are capable of learning the rules and using technology appropriately. I am certainly capable of educating my children on how to appropriately use things. That's not the point. The point is, I think it's junk. Mm-hmm. I think it's a garbage culture we're serving them. I don't think taking selfies and posting them on Instagram is is oh, it's cool. It's not cool. It's not cool. And at so all. And I'm not going to serve this to my kids. And right. I want them to think better of themselves and think better of what the world has to offer them, because I think this is a junk garbage culture. Excellent. Well, I agree with you, and I don't care what people say. So I'm on your side. <laughs> Yay. Uh, unfortunately, we're out of time. But Gia, can you tell us how people can find out more about your work? You can go to my website, learnwithmoxie.com. Uh, you can listen to my radio show on Saturday mornings. You can go to my my Facebook Learn With Moxie page. Um, you can call me on the phone and talk like the old-fashioned way. Excellent. My guest today was Gia Valenti. To find out more, go to learnwithmoxie.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you haven't done so already, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and please take one minute to give us your review. And if you have a comment or question, you can email Suzanne at the thesuzannebankershow.com. Have a great weekend. Hair Saloon, it's more than just a haircut. You walk in the door, tired, spent, looking a bit ragged. You're greeted by a warm welcome like you've been here before. A complimentary drink slides across the bar, quenching your thirst for comfort and convenience. The sound of clippers and conversation can be heard drowning out the noise of the world. You sit comfortably, surrounded in soft leather and smooth chrome. 
The smell of oak and clubman talc reconnects you to traditions your father and grandfather once knew. The soothing sounds of sharp metal trim away at your problems. Staying put in a comfortable barber chair, you lay back, resting your eyes as warm water and sweet mint soap washes away your worries. You recapture a few minutes to feel strong again, to look your best, and to get ready for what's next. And you're ready to repeat again a few weeks later. Hair Saloon, for men against the grain. Visit hairsaloon.com to find a location near you. That's hairsaloon.com. 